הר אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים של ברנו ולכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שאוכלי עפר קדוש ומשאב בארץ המה. ובפרט לרבנו הקדוש, צדיק יסוד עולם נחן, נובע בכוח חוכמה רבנו נחמן ופגע בן שמחה. נא נח נחמן נחמן ואומן זכותו תגן עלינו והכל יסעד אמן. Today we're going to do multiple lessons. We're going to finish actually the second volume of Likute Mo'aran. In this last lesson we're going to do lesson 92. And then we're going to continue with a few other lessons. That uh, Rabbi Nathan added at the end of the book. So it's still not technically finished. But lessons that, uh, in which Rabbi Nathan gave conversations to a few different people about very related um, and practical subjects that we're going to speak about. Lots of tremendous etzot in Abodat Hashem. But the last lesson, very fitting. One of the biggest tikkunim Rabbi Nathan ever brought down. If not the biggest, called Tikkun Aklali. We're going to explain... Lesson 92, Rabbeinu was going to bring the 10 Tehidim in which he said they're a rectification for, for blemishing the covenant. Um, a rectification which had n- never yet been brought down in the history of all the world since the time of Adam Arishon. A rectification that Rabbeinu was the first tzaddik in history to, to say that there is Teshuvah for such a sin. And he brought a very special rectification for nocturnal omission. Um, but in its entirety, it's all for the blemishing of the covenant. And now, lesson 92. Let's hop into it. We're going to read it simply, but we're going to see a little bit of the depth behind it. And for more allusions to this, one has to study all the Sfarim, go through... Um, there's also allusions to this in lesson 24 of Likute Morantinyana. Um, specifically, the seventh, um, on the seventh uh, day of the story of the seven beggars, the last of the 13 tales Rabbanu ever gave, go to the seventh day over there, and the story the beggar tells, sorry, um, the beggar on the sixth day, sorry, the beggar without um, hands, what he tells over there, that story um, with the water castle, um, that's a very big allusion to Tikkun HaKlali and the rectifications in, um, for this blemish, for this awesome blemish we're going to see. Tikkun HaMikhilala, this is the rectification for nocturnal emission. God forbid, what's the tikkun? To recite 10 chapters of Tehidim, Kamuam Basifah HaRishon is brought down in lesson 205 of Likute Moran, as we saw also. Ayan Shamayinan, look over there with regard to this subject. These 10 chapters of Tehidim, it's a certain 10 t- chapters, very specific 10 chapters, in a certain order. They represent and correspond to the 10 types of song. That constitute the book of Tehidim. As we know, all song is encompassed within the ten types of song. And Tehidim was founded on the ten types of song. What was Tehidim founded on? Shehem. What are the ten types of song? Bracha. Ashre. Maskil v'chule. Shir, Nituach, Nigun, Tfilah, Hoda'a, Mizmor, Hallelujah. Those are the ten types. Ki asara minen eginah hanan. Yesh lahem koach lebatech koach. Tiba ba'agrahanan. Because the ten types of melody that we mentioned have the strength to nullify the power of that evil husk and that blemish that comes from the nocturnal emission and from blemishing the covenant. Because they are literally the exact opposite of that blemish. Over there in lesson 205. This is the idea, this is the subject of the 10 types of melody that we mentioned above, which correspond or which stand opposite the, the blemish. That we mentioned. And it's hinted within these verses. Now Rabbanu is going to explain. Each of the ten types of melody. And how. That melody. 
hints to blemishing, uh, rectifying the blemish. So now Rabbanu is going to explain. Beracha, avarech et Hashem asher yatzani af lelot yisurun yachalotav v'chulei. It says, look at Tehillim 16, which is the first of the ten chapters we recited at Tikkun Agdali. Avarech et Hashem asher yatzani. I bless God for having advised me. So this blessing, avarech, it's this aspect of beracha, the song, of which is called beracha, this melody which is called beracha. Af lelot yisurun yachalotav v'chulei. Even at night, as it says over there in the verse, etc., etc. Ashrei. Ashre, this idea of um, this other type of song. Happy is he, right? Ashre, Nesui Pesha, Kesui Happy is he whose offense is forgiven, whose transgression is covered over. So, Ashre is another type of melody. And this is in the second chapter of, uh, of uh, what do you call it? That we recited Tikkun Akali, which is chapter 32, 1632. Maskir. Chapter 19. Maskelet comes a woman of intelligence. Maskelet, a woman of intellect. So that's another type of, uh, intel, um, of um, song. This aspect of maskil, which um, stands to break the klipa. Um, of the blemish of nocturnal omission. Shir, another type of song, Balayla Shiroimi, it's in Tehidim 42. That is the um, the fourth uh, capital of Tehidim that we recite in Tikkun Okani, because 1632, 41, 42. Now I'm going to bring the fourth one. What's the over there? Balayla in the night, his song is with me. So this aspect of Shir stands to defeat the strength of that evil force. Nitzuach, when it says Nitzuach, further conductor in Lamnatzeach, it's Lamnatzeach, it's Nitzuach, Lamnatzeach, Al Tashret. For the conductor, Al Tashret, a plea not to be destroyed. Al Tashret, do not destroy me, right? Sham Nunted, that's um, 59, that's the fifth one. That's the fifth chapter we recite in Tikkun Akali. Nigun, this aspect of melody, Eskaran Aginati Balala. I recall my song, my melody at night. That's in the sixth chapter we recite. Sorry. Tefila. We know that that's another type of melody. Tefila na Moshe. Hayechel tafili mimli melach. And it says over there what? Hayechel tafel mimli melach. Can bland food be eaten without salt? It's a rhetorical question brought down in of chapter 6. Hayachel tafel. Tafel. Bland food, right? What is tafel? From the word tefila. That's um, obviously Rabbeinu is bringing very deep ideas. Look in Rashi over there on that verse and look in Tikkun 47 of the, the Zohar Kadosh for allusions with what that has to do with uh, this aspect of tefila. Hodu. Of like gratitude, pentiten acharim hodecha, lest you give your praise to others. Perhaps you give your praise to others. Um, that's in Mishle chapter five. So we see this idea of hodu pentiten acharim hodecha, your praise. Mizmor hanoten zemirot balala. This is the ninth type of song, which is what hanoten zemirot balala who ordained, who ordained, who gave songs balala in the night. It's brought down in Eyov. 
uh, chapter 35, and the, the, the 10th and final type of song, Hallelujah. It says about the, the um, woman who fears God, that she is to be praised. Which is this aspect of Titala comes the word Hallelujah. understand these hints very, very well because Rabbeinu is just hinting. He's not explaining everything. But these are the sources and the roots for each and every one of these melodies and how they, uh, the verses that Rabbeinu brought stand to fight against that klipa. These are the 10 types of chapters. These are the 10 chapters. That one needs to recite on the day. He experiences an impure mission. God forbid. Now these are Mikhtam le David Tedzain. The first one is chapter 16, um, which starts with Mikhtam le David. Le David Maskil, chapter 32. Ashre Maskil le Dal, chapter 41. That's the third one. Ke Ayal Ta'arog, chapter 42. One who cries long, like a deer who cries longingly. Namatzer Hatashchet, chapter Nun Tet, 59. So what do we have right so far? 32, sorry, 16, 32. 41, 42, 59. That's the first five chapters. Now we're going to say the last five. Ein Zayn. Sorry. Namatech Ali Dutun. Ein Zayn. That Tehidim which starts Namatech Ali Dutun, which is chapter 77 of Tehidim. Tefidel Moshe Tzadik. This is um, the seventh of the ten chapters. which starts with Tefidel Moshe. That's chapter 90 of Tehidim. Hodu Lashem Kiru Vishmo. That's chapter 105. That's the eighth one, Al Nagal Babel. The ninth one is Al Nagal Babel, chapter the famous one, chapter one thirty seven, and the most famous of all, Hallelujah, El Bekocho. That's chapter one fifty. That's the last one. That's the tenth one. The Elu Asara Kapitel Teirim Hemtikun Gadol Meod Meod Deinananan. And these ten chapters of Teirim are a very, very awesome rectification for the idea we mentioned above. And one who merits to say them on the day in which it happens to him, look what Rabbeinu says. One does not need to worry klal at all from the most tremendous blemish of this nocturnal omission. Because Rabbeinu says it's certain that it's rectified through the, rec- the reciting of these tentatives. And in the merit of the rectification of this sin, our Mashiach, our righteous Mashiach, will come to gather all the, our scattered parts. It says, meaning to gather all the scattered people of the Jewish people and then bring them back home. And it says, God build Yerushalayim and bring in the outcasts of Israel. May this happen, Amen. May this happen speedily in our days, Amen. Chazak, Mishlam Sefer, Likutem Oran Tidana, Tilala El Elyon, Asher Shemayim Ba'aretz Kana, Ba'uch Hashem, Be strong. We have just completed the book of the second, the second volume of Likutem Oran. Praise to the supernal God, who created the heavens and the earth. Now we're doing. Now we're going to add a few lessons upon the ones that we just mentioned. This is what Rabbi Nathan says. We're going to add a few lessons upon the ones that we just did. Um, lessons that I collected from Rabbeinu's holy conversations. We're going to do 93, 94, and 95. Rabbi Nathan says, I heard in Rabbeinu's name. And pay attention to all these lessons, each one individually, because these are, these are very special lessons. And each and every one of these lessons have tremendous pieces of advice. Rabbi Nathan says, I heard in his name, 
that Rabbeinu said about why people have so much makhloket on him. Rabbeinu was saying why people have so much strife and argument against him. Now Rabbeinu is going to explain the source of where all these people have makhloket on him. And look at this amazing chidush. Page 6b. It brings it in there in the Gemara, the Barachot. It brings this verse in Tehidim. That which is exalted is Zulut Adam, is degraded and spit upon by the sons of man. And what does it say in the Gemara Barachot? What are those things which are exalted? It says these are the things that stand at the summit of the world. And uh, the people of this world take them lightly. They they like disgrace them. And the Gemara asks, what is that thing which stands at the summit of the world? The kerum, the kerem, the, that which is exalted. What is that? Tefillah prayer. So now Rabbi is going to explain. Now Rabbi Nathan explains in the name of Rabbi Therefore, because all of Rabbi work was this aspect of prayer, because with regard to the subject of prayer, he would speak with many, um, with all the people all the time about the idea of prayer and praying constantly. Rabbeinu would warn all the students and everyone he'd come across to increase in praying and in his bodadut to seclude each that each person should seclude himself and engage in a conversation between him and his creator. As it's brought throughout all the books, we've already seen multiple lessons. And Rabbeinu didn't only speak about that, but much more also. Rabbeinu encouraged us and spoke with us with endless encouragement to increase and to, to gain and to, to, to do more with regard to this aspect of prayer. To always push yourself. This is why people dismiss Rabbeinu and degrade him. And they argue against him. Because Rabbeinu's entire essay, Rabbeinu's entire task is prayer. His entire essence. And prayer is the thing which stands at the summit of all the world and which people disgrace. And Rabbi Natan says, understand this well. This is why Rabbeinu is so argued upon. That's a an amazing idea. And it comes to teach us how important prayer is. Torah says, I heard from Rabbeinu's holy mouth. Rabbeinu wrote a Torah about Rosh Hashanah. That one needs to travel, one needs to travel to the Tzadikim on Rosh Hashanah. And on that Torah that Rabbeinu was writing, that Rabbeinu wrote about Rosh Hashanah, he explained over there with her, um, about the subject of the three heads. And these three heads all gathered together on Rosh Hashanah. What are the three heads? He's going to explain. That when the three heads gather together on Rosh Hashanah, when one merits to be by the Tzadik, it's only when a person merits to be by the tzaddik for Rosh Hashanah that the three heads gather together. The first head is the tzaddik. He's the aspect of the head. How do we know this? Look in lesson 111 of Likute Moran. Over there, Rabbanu explains that that when it says the leader of the children of Israel, the leader of the Jewish people, take the first letter of that phrase. It's the acronym. Or the acronym of this phrase is Rabbi. Rebbe, the teacher. The tzaddik. So that's the first head. 
because the tzaddik is rosh bnei israel. He's the head of bnei israel. The rosh hashanah who gam can bechinat rosh. Rosh hashanah is also an aspect of rosh because we see it's ki rosh hashanah. It's the head of the year. So that's the second type of head. V'chol echal ba'im mocho v'dato le'atzadikum kasher dato mocho shel rosho. So they gam can bechinat rosh. And each and every person comes with his own mentalities and his intellect and his knowledge to the tzaddik and binds his knowledge in his mind within his own head. And this too is an aspect of the head. So what is this person? He comes with his own mind, his own knowledge, whatever it is, and he binds it. La tzaddik shehu rosh ben Yisrael be rosh hashana. He binds it to the tzaddik, who's the rosh ben Yisrael, who's the second head, be rosh hashana on the third head, which is what the holiday itself of rosh hashana. So we see what it's the mind of each and every person that comes and binds his mind to the tzaddik, who is also the aspect of the head or the mind, because he's the rosh ben Yisrael. And um, this all happens on the Chag, which is also called Rosh. So these three heads are gathered when one attaches, when one goes to the Tzaddik on Rosh Hashanah. So we see that when a person travels to the Tzaddik and spends Rosh Hashanah with the Tzaddik, all the three heads are collected together. Aminatan says, Rabbeinu had an entire Torah on this, but I did not merit to receive it. You can already see the awesome rectifications that happen. When um, when we go to Uman for Rosh Hashanah, and um, this idea of being with a tzaddik for Rosh Hashanah. Torah tzadiheh. Le'inyan itbodedut, le'sicha benon le'benkono, v'amirat te'ilim u'tchinot v'bakashot. Rabbeinu spoke about the subject of doing itbodedut, and expressing yourself in conversation between you and God, about reciting te'ilim and supplications and other requests. Rabbeinu said that it's very good when a person merits to say these teidim or hibodudut or whatever prayers he's saying with genuine wholeheartedness, with a complete heart. Until a person merits to cry before Hashem, like a son cries before his father. That when a person is saying these supplications and prayers and he's thinking in his heart anticipating to cry that if Rabbeinu was saying that a person in the back of his mind is praying with the, with the desire to cry that thought to cry is not good and this too confuses his mind because if he has the ulterior motive to cry in the back of his head constantly pushing him to, to pray with this sort of voice and this tone or whatever it is to arouse a cry a crying Rabbeinu says, what happens? This creates that you're saying the, the supplications without a complete heart. Because when a person is reciting these supplications and requests, he needs to distance himself from all sorts of foreign thoughts in the world, even this foreign thought. Of crying. The only thing you need to do is put intention and to focus, to put your mind focus to the words that you're saying. Attach your mind to the words that you're saying before Hashem. Just like a man is speaking to his best friend. And then automatically, with ease, your heart will be aroused. Because if you pay attention to the words, your, your heart will be. Um, woken up immediately because the words in itself possess so much koach. But when you bind your mind to the to your speech, you're able to create this awesome combination that's able to bring you to this true crying. Until you get to a genuine, um, 
until you get the genuine tears, genuine great crying. But when a person is anticipating and thinking about the fact that he wants to cry, then he ends up with neither. Neither the crying or the wholeheartedness. Because just the reciting of the words in itself, of those tehidim or whatever he's reciting, is confused by the, these thoughts at the back of his head. Because this person who's thinking and anticipating to cry, this too is a foreign thought which confounds a person's concentration. That he's not able to listen properly to what he's actually saying. Because the main thing is what? To speak that word that you're saying before God genuinely with truth. Without any foreign thoughts at all. And if he merits to truly cry, how good is this? And if not, okay, you did it. But do not confuse the reciting of whatever you're doing, whether it's or whatever it is, with a thought in the back of your head trying to push you to cry. So Rabban was saying, do not force yourself to cry. It's not true. God wants genuine sincerity. God wants the heart. So pay attention to the words that are saying and with ease you'll, you'll see that you're going, crying will be aroused through it. But do not force yourself to cry. So that's it for today. God willing, we'll continue the next podcast with Lesson 96.